So we're in this uh, series talking about being connected with God, being connected with each other, and being connected with the rest of the world. And we, uh, we have started this, the foundational aspect of this is being connected with God. You cannot be connected to each other or the rest of the world if you don't have that solid core foundation of being connected with God. If you don't understand what it means to love God with everything that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself, if you, if you don't begin with the Shema, the rest of this is just going to be crazy talk to you. But as we've been moving th- forward through this um, connected to God, we get to the place that wigs a lot of people out. The connection to God through the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter 16, Luke says this. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him. Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, one quick note before we get into it. Verse 10 right there says, so we. This is a foundational shift in the writing of the book of Acts. Because Luke becomes not just a seer and teller, he becomes a participant. Clearly, this is when Luke joins Paul and Silas on the missionary journeys because he switches the pronoun. Up until this point, it's been they, 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 he, he, he. Now it's we. So it's kind of a cool moment that you get to see like Luke is now entering into the band of brothers there. But you have this weird thing that Paul Paul and Silas have just been through this Jerusalem council. They've been through all this stuff. Now they're going out in their missionary journey. But they're being prevented, it says. By the Holy Spirit from going places. They're being prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the good news in Asia. They're told by the Holy Spirit to go a certain direction. And then a dream comes and a man from Macedonia says, come here, help us. So you have all these different things where God is talking to Paul and Silas. And it begins to make you wonder, what does that look like? What does it look like for the Holy Spirit to tell Paul that you can't preach here? Does Paul get up in the middle of something and he goes, and nothing comes out? Or does he find himself, you know, he's coming to the center of a synagogue or a town square and he's about to, and he just has this feeling? Hey, zip it. Go. Did they come to the crossroads of a certain area and they're about to go into this one region and their passports, their papers, the Romans are just like, no, 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 you can't enter here, fella. Well, God must be telling us to go this way. What does it look like to have God, the Holy Spirit, interacting with us, talking to us? Has anybody in this room ever heard from God? By show of hands, anybody ever heard from God? You all are such liars. And you don't even know it. Here's the thing. Every single one of you has heard from God. 
every single one of you has had the Holy Spirit talking to you and giving you leadings and giving you turns and directions and wisdom and advice and guidance and protection. But see, here's the problem is we get so wigged out by talk of the Holy Spirit and we get so weirded out by like hearing from God and the voice of God and getting words of knowledge and these things that we kind of distance ourselves from those. Look, part of the problem is the Protestant church, the mainline Protestant church, the Methodist church, me. Because that stuff kind of starts going, hmm, this isn't my area. If you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, you go talk to people like Amanda. But that's wrong. See, if we're going to have this connection with God, we have to understand that part of the connection with God is the Holy Spirit. Part of the connection with God, part of the ways that we interact with God, that we hear from God, is through the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's through the voice of God. What does God sound like to you? And maybe the problem is you don't know. Because you would think it'd be like James Earl Jones, right? Michael. I need you to, I, this is a horrible James Earl Jones. I should have done Jimmy Stewart. I do a better Jimmy Stewart. My, 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 Michael. But, you know, what, what, is, what does God sound like to you? You know, what, what is it? How, you know, you hear these voices in your head. Maybe I'm the only one that suffers that problem in here. But, you hear, you know, you hear these things in your head. You know what God sounds like to me? Me. And that's not egocentric. It, it's just maybe because my name, Michael, means one who is like God. That's right. Knowledge. But maybe God's like, you're just really not that bright, Michael, so I'm going to talk to you like you talk to you so that you get it. Thanks, God. I've told you the story in here before that um, when I was called to seminary, it was a vivid dream that I had many, many years ago, 15 years ago, and it was. Uh, a phone. I was sitting in a chair watching TV, and a phone's ringing behind me, and I ring and ring, and I yell, "Somebody answer the phone!" And somebody, a nondescript person, answers the phone and say, "Michael, it's your call to Rayfield at Seminary now." And I've been praying about it, and I've been thinking about it, and it'd been on my heart for a year, over a year. And time and time again, I believe that God had been like, "Hey, go to seminary. Hey, go to seminary. Hey, go to seminary. Hey, go to seminary." And then finally, He's like, "All right, you're kind of an idiot. Let's do this this way." It's a literal call. Go to seminary. Oh, that's what you meant. You see, very often, I will discount my ability to hear from God. Very often, I discount my ability to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Because I'm like, you don't talk to me. You talk to people like Amanda. You talk to people like Chooch. You don't talk to me. God's like... Why would I not talk to you? You're my son. Do you talk to your children? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I do. I do talk to my kids. Oh. Think about it. Those of you who have children, don't you talk to your kids? Maybe more than they want, but don't you talk to them? You talk to them. What do you tell them? What do you tell them? What do you tell your kids? You all speak in mime? <laughs> I love you. Thank you, Joni. Somebody just say, stop it. You should have. That's what I tell my son all the time. Stop it. Stop it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. What does hold it mean to you? These are the conversations I have with my son. Yesterday, we, um, 
this weekend we get to take care of the class guinea pig. Um, it is our joy and honor and privilege to have Lewis from the second grade Miss Gibbons class at Cambridge Elementary um, become a part of our family for a weekend. And, uh, and, and I told the family before Lewis made his appearance, um, I said, look, I'm not taking care of this thing. I take care of your dog already. I'm not taking care of this glorified rat without a tail. So yesterday when I was cleaning out Lewis's cage, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, Ms. Gibbons told us that, um, that Lewis likes um, bell peppers. He's an elevated sense of palate, you know, uh, some red and green bell peppers to eat. And so after we get his, his cage all clean, we had some bell peppers and, and we're going to cut them up. And Corbin is just like going to throw them in there. I was like, no, come on, man. If we're going to serve food at our house, we're going to serve it properly. You know, I don't even have cares to the thing. I call it the thing, which really drives my son nuts. Hey, where's that thing? It's not a thing, Dad. Whatever. Um, and so we're like, we're going to cut these things up, and we're going to use this as a teaching lesson because Corbin really wants to learn how to, how to cook, and, he, and he's really kind of um, interested in it. And so I'm like, sweet. Um, okay, let's, here's a knife. And I give him a big chef's knife. And, and I said, okay, let's, um, let's cut this stuff up. And, and I hand him the knife, and he grabs it like this. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> slow down there, killer. Let's sit. I take the knife back, and I'm like, here's how you hold a knife. And this is how you cut. It's like a train. I learned this from Alton Brown. You press and pull. You press and pull. You don't just do it like this. So I hand him the knife. You got this? I got this. I hand him the knife, and he's like, He's trying to push down. He can't break through the skin. And I'm like, dude, hold it. Hold it. What does hold it mean to you? And he's like, it means to hold it. Because apparently I've said this to him before. Then why didn't you stop? You're going to hurt yourself. I'm trying to teach you the right way to do this so that you don't cut something. Like me. And these are the moments when God talks to me. He's like, <laughs> you know how many times I've told you to hold it and you don't? Oh. You know how often I'm trying to talk to you, Michael, but you're in your own little world and you're trying to do your own thing and you think you know what you're supposed to do? And you just keep on plowing through all the while. I'm like, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. How often do we do this to God? Do, do, we, do we, like God wants to teach us. God wants to, like the Holy Spirit just wants to pour out on us wisdom and advice and love. And we're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I got other things going on. I know what's going on. I know what to do. I, 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 we fill our life with so much noise and so much busyness that often, even though God is talking to us, when somebody says, have you ever heard from God? You're like, no. And God's like, how much more do I need to shout? See, what I think Paul and Silas understood is that the more you are connected with the story of God, the more that you are connected with God's people, the more that you are just connected to God, the more you begin to recognize what God sounds like. You begin to recognize the voice of God. 
quite honestly, we have no idea how God spoke to Paul and Silas, how he told them, don't go here, go there. Don't preach in this area, go there. We know the dream part about Macedonia. Clearly that was God saying, bring the kingdom message across the sea to this important part that has not heard it yet. But other than that, we have no idea what happened. All we know is that they heard in some way from God And they understood that it was God, and they obeyed. Amanda, this morning, told us a story about one time she was sitting here in New Heights, and she felt this chill come across her all of a sudden. And she turned around to see if somebody had opened a door. And God said, hey, why don't you, when you experience stuff like that, first go, Was that you, God? Instead of trying to humanize it and to make something make sense. Why why do you always go to try and intellectualize things instead of just going, Is that you? How many times have you been sitting next to someone or been in a certain situation and you feel something come over your body and you go, Well, I don't know what I had for lunch, but wow. Or you try to, try, try to associate it with something else instead of going, is that you? Is that, your, is that you? How, how amazing would it be if we get into this connection with God because, because we're so immersed in his story that when God speaks to us, when the Holy Spirit moves through us, oh, I don't exactly know what you're doing right now, God, but I'm in. Let's do this. Many years ago in this room, I saw across the way a beautiful girl. And I said, who's that? And they said, no one that would ever work with you. I need to meet her. And so she's brought over. Well, introduction is made, and the guy who made the introduction just slowly backed away. And I'm there talking to her, and she's a sub because she's just graduated from college but doesn't have a job yet she's subbing here in town and i'm an elementary school teacher at the time and i'm like hey would you would you like to sub for my class and she's like okay great and and then march 31st of that it was 99 march 31st less than a year later um i have both of our families in the garden chapel and Daryl has his guitar and Stacy's up there ready to do this whole uh, kind of worship and prayer service over us. And I've, I've blocked off the prayer chapel with, um, out there on Bassey with like service uh, in progress signs. And, and it was back when we just had a solid wood door. Um, and it's not glass as it is today. And, and there was candles lit and flowers. And, and I think I had a guitar in there too. And I was going to sing the song um, to her. And, and I'd been up to my parents' house and, and I got the, the, my grandmother's diamond and my great-grandmother's wedding band that I had put together. And I'm just excited and I'm thrilled and I'm pumped and just, just, oh, it's just a wonderful moment. And everybody's coming together on March 31st of 2000. And um, what I didn't know was that this girl was at the McNay Museum. And she was wondering if I was, was really a guy that she wanted in her life. Timing is everything, right? You know, 
I'm like, I'm planning this whole deal going on over here. Like everybody, woo, we have doves about to be released and stuff. And she's at the McNay walking around going, yeah, I don't know. You see, this girl is somebody who I think hears from God more than most, understands when God is talking to her more than most, and has this in tuneness with God and, and can hear God's voice and can sense God's presence and decode it um, more than most people I know, especially way more than me. But the way God talks to her is a little different than most. See, God talks to her through redbirds. When, when she prays, she's usually outside and she's usually walking. And when she's really grinding on something, when God gives her this, this sense of peace, this sense of you're on the right track, a red bird will inevitably get in front of her. It's really strange. She's like Snow White or something with red birds. So that day at the McNay, she's walking around, and she's, if you've ever been to their grounds, it's really pretty, and she's just walking around outside, and she's sitting down, and she's praying. And then God puts a red bird in front of her, as if to say, yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy. And you know what she does? Yeah, I don't know about that. And she continues to pray about it. By the way, she's not here. She's homesick. But I, she's listening on the phone over here on the stage. Everybody say hi. <laughs> and, and so God puts another red bird in front of her. He's like, yes. He's the guy. Well, I don't know, God. Because here's the thing. If you've been here and heard my story, I was not a really good guy growing up. I, I was um, the Eddie Haskell. You wanted me to meet your parents, but then you didn't really want to see behind the veil, right? And, and the stuff that went on in college, just like, wow. Jenna gave her life to Jesus at four and hasn't looked back. Um, and went to Baylor and was the typical Baylor girl. Like, I, I, I love Jesus and, um, and all that stuff, you Baylor people. And, and, and she, you know, and she was just that bouncy kind of person in her faith and, and always believing and, and, and trusting and, and never kissed anybody and never dated anybody until me. And this is less than a year after we have met Beauty and the Beast have come together, essentially. And so she's walking along the McNay, and two redbirds come by, and she's like, no. So God ends up bringing three more. I want to say, for me, it's a picture of, like, they all five just sit in front of her and look at her and with their wings. They're like, seriously? So later that evening, she said yes, because she knew and she felt the presence of God. So that when I asked her, it wasn't something like, <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. I got to tell you, there's only through the power of God could I be married to this woman. So thanks for Redbirds. But my question to you is, how does God speak to you? How does he talk to you? Because he does. The Holy Spirit is constantly just whispering in your ear. You remember the story when somebody asked to feel the presence of God? God, let me hear you. Let me see you. They experience an earthquake. What does it say? But God wasn't in the earthquake. Then this tornado comes rushing by. But God wasn't in the tornado. Then a fire. But God wasn't in the fire. God was in the peace. 
too often we fill our life with so much noise, so much busyness, so much of ourselves that God is just trying to break through and going, hey, would you, hey, would you, hey, would you. To be connected with God, to hear from the Holy Spirit. We need to allow time and place and presence. And we need to understand that God talks even to people like me. And if he does talk to me, he certainly will talk to you. What are your red birds? What are your chills? Who is your James Earl Jones? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the counselor that you promised to send us to give us strength to do greater things even than your son Jesus. We thank you for the fact that the Spirit moves among us, desires to be with us, longs to be in relationship with us. Father, give us the courage, the discipline to be patient and to wait and to listen and to be aware so that when you speak, we know that it is indeed you speaking. That we know that we can and do hear from you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand as we respond together to what God has said this morning.
song left. If you'd like to continue in worship with us, that's awesome. We also have prayer going on under the crosses. If you would like someone to pray for you, we um, totally encourage and love that. If you need to go, that's also great. Um, Just be mindful of others who are still praying and worshiping. And before you go, just receive this blessing. May the Lord bless and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he lift up your countenance and give you peace. May you walk forward knowing that the Holy Spirit is God's presence with you at all times, empowering you and guiding you. In Jesus' name, amen.
play some music. <laughs> 